It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to Plan with Dan. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out, call the office, 614-472-4510 is the phone number. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, you've got almost two decades of experience doing this, so we're excited to get your wisdom on the show today. Welcome in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So how are you doing today? Oh, wonderful to be with you as always, and we've made it to March finally. The weather is starting to thaw out. I was sick for most of January and February, and so I am... I'm over it. I've got a great multivitamin, and I am ready to move forward. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. So this morning, I was coming to work, and I go into the garage, and I think, wow, my car looks kind of funny. I walk around to the other side, and I think, oh my gosh, I got a flat tire. It has been so long since I had to change a flat tire, and I cannot believe it. I changed my tire and was on my way out the door in about 15 minutes. I was like, wow. I thought I'd forgotten how to do that, but I did. It's like riding a bicycle, I guess. <laughs> now, are you particularly thrifty? Or are you one of those folks who does everything yourself, or are you a oh look? I'm hiring it out. Guy. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to be th- thrifty, but I'm not mechanical, so um, I got to <laughs> I got to take and get the tire fixed. But anyway, I just was. Uh, I was like, wow. Okay, let me think here. What do I got to do? Okay, look in the trunk. Get out the jack. Okay, it's coming back to me. Well, I'm glad you got to work. I'm certainly with you on that. My wife jokes that there's two types of people, those who can do it and those who hire someone else to do it. And I, unfortunately, especially when it comes to the car, I go to the store every single time. If I was stuck on the side of the highway, I might would be calling you up to come and bail me out. I'm not even joking. (laughs) I could change the tire at least. Oh, man. Well, we've got a great podcast for you today. We're going to get to know Dan a little bit better. As always, we feature Mind Over Money with... A concept this week that I can't even pronounce, so stick around for that. I can't wait to hear Dan talk more about it. And Dan, let's kick it off with the six things wasting away in your financial junk drawer. So I'm sure that you, Dan, have a junk drawer at home, right? It's probably got the rubber bands and clothespins and chip clips and things like that in it. Yep, it's all in the kitchen. <laughs> it's all in the kitchen, at least, so at least you're organized. You know where it is. But everybody's got that sort of junk drawer. I'm sure you, the listener, you listening in, have one of those at home. I want to talk about some of the things that end up in your financial junk drawer and mm. maybe how we could organize them a little bit better, put them to use. So That's a great idea. <laughs> so hear me out on this. I know it's kind of a goofy concept. never know what the producers are going to come up with. But a really old life insurance policy, why is that something that may just be sitting around wasting away? You know, I think that's really great a uh, topic to talk about. But um, you know, just about a week or so ago, I had some couples come in. They were um, getting close to retirement in the mid '60s, and they had one of those old life insurance policies that they had bought, you know, like 30 years ago when the kids were young. And you know, it was going to basically be used to, you know, pay off the house and to replace some income if the husband passed away, and to help the spouse, you know, get back on her on his or her feet. And you know, those needs were no longer there. The house was paid off. The kids were raised. They're getting ready to retire. But, you know, they were able to 
turn that policy into another policy that was going to help them, you know, with long-term care costs possibly in the future. So it's really great if you have something like that, you know, to look at it and say, hey, is this still serving the need we originally purchased it for? And if not, you know, let's see what we can do to to help this uh, become more useful for us as we go to the next phase of our financial life. All right. Now, this next one is huge. I know I joke about it being in the junk drawer, but seriously, pay attention to this. If you have an outdated will or estate plan, you really need to update that. You know, that is so true. And I I think I really focus on this a lot in my practice because I, you know, I'm currently an active lawyer, but I did practice estate planning for uh, close to, I don't know, 18 years or so. And I see this all the time. The will is outdated or people don't understand what the will controls. They don't understand that it doesn't control their beneficiary designations. It doesn't control who's going to get their, you know, 401k or 403b if they have a beneficiary designated. So it is just really important not only to have your will updated, but, you know, also your powers of attorney, your living will, you know, your advanced health care directives. And it's just it's an absolute necessity. So yeah, get that out of the drawer and get it get it over to somebody who can help you update it. Now, if you have a social security estimate originally received during the Clinton administration, that's something you need to work on. And by the way, help me understand what that even means. Help us help us understand that concept. What even is a social security estimate? Well, you know, a lot of us that are, you know, probably my age and older, we're, we're used to getting the uh, social security statements in the mail. And I, and I, they're still doing that for certain age groups, but you actually can go online now and set up an account and download your social security statement immediately. If you need any help doing that, contact my office, send me an email. I'll gladly help you do that. And so it's really vitally important because everyone that comes to my office, their number one question for me really is, you know, can I retire? Will I have enough money to retire? And of course, one of the first things I ask them is, you know, do you have any pensions? Do you have your current social security statement? And so your social security statement has all of your earnings history on there. The first thing you have to do is make sure it's right, you know, so that you should check this more often because it's really hard when you're 60 to remember what you made when you were 30. But to get that social security statement, it's going to give us an estimate of what your monthly social security payments are going to be at 62 at your full retirement age, if you wait till the age 70. So it's a vital, important piece to determine your retirement income planning. So yeah, get that social security statement updated, get online, get it, you'll be glad you did. All right, this one, we can't place too much blame on you for this one if this is you, because I think a lot of folks do this, but 401k statements from your last three employers, meaning you're not, your 401ks are unorganized. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the number one issue is that you're probably paying three custodial fees as well. So, and there's probably nobody managing it for you. So, it's probably in your best interest to get a hold of those statements, get them to somebody who can help you consolidate them, lower the costs, and make sure that that investment objective is the investment objective that you really need now, you know, for this particular season of your financial planning life. Yeah, absolutely. It's a no brainer. U.S. savings bonds. Those might be something you might have lying around if you're not careful. Yeah. You know, I grew up that that's where, uh, you know, we got a lot of my family was, uh, you know, immigrants and extremely patriotic. And there was nothing more more wonderful to get or to give somebody than was a U.S. savings bond. You give them a little piece of America, the new life, you know, but once they reach their maturity, they're not paying any interest anymore. So yeah, get them all collected, get them to the bank, cash them in, you know, and then figure out what you're going to use with that money. You don't want to have an investment uh, that's matured and that you're not, you know, receiving any interest from. So yeah, get them out of your financial junk drawer. Absolutely. 
And then finally, Dan, if you purchased a vacant lot 15 years ago as an investment, you know, maybe you were going to build that vacation home or beach house and then try to sell it or flip it or rent it, and you never did anything with it, but you've still got the vacant lot, you might need to do something with that. Yeah, you know, that is so interesting you bring that up, but uh, maybe it was four or five weeks ago, someone came in and they told me they had a vacant lot down a couple counties south of here. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful part of the state and they were going to do exactly that. And they've been paying, you know, property tax on it, upkeep on it, worrying about it. And they finally decided, you know, it no longer fits in their financial planning goals and they're just going to liquidate it and use the money to do something else with. But, you know, on the other hand, they could have decided, hey, it's time. Let's build that, you know, getaway cabin. Let's do what we need to do to develop the land uh, sufficiently so we can go down there. So, you know, what's the function of this piece of property you purchased 15 years ago? Have your goals changed? If they haven't changed, then move forward and, and get that going. So, yeah, just time to think about it and make sure that it's serving your needs and where you are at this particular point in your financial life. Get it out of that junk drawer. Get it either out, sell it or start using it. Well, perhaps you've been listening to us here talking about the junk drawer and all these different things, and you're thinking, hey, that's me. I've got a financial mess on my hands. Or maybe you're somewhat organized. You've checked all the right boxes through the years, but maybe you're not quite sure now what to do with all of these different investments you have and these different policies. Dan, how are you able to step into that and help folks get the mess sorted out? Yeah. So, you know, I guess the first step would be uh, to reach out to my office. You can either email me, you can call me, you can go to my uh, website and, you know, request your financial rescue toolkit. And I'll get that right out to you. You can look through that information um, and then schedule an appointment to see me. I'd love to sit down and talk to you about, you know, what you may still have hiding in your financial drunk drawer. If you'd like to sit down with Dan Betzel and his team, we'll give out the information again at the end of the podcast, but it's really pretty simple. You can go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com or you can reach out and call the office at 614-472-4510. Dan, I would be remiss if I didn't give our listeners what they've been waiting for this entire time. Let's What's that? Let's dive <laughs> into the news. Ah, great. Extra, extra, read all about it. Yes, before we let you go, we'd love to dive into the news, Dan, see what's going on in the world around us. This headline's a bit interesting to us, Dan. Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, recently said that the next major recession in this country will probably be related to student loan debt. My brother says that as well. I guess he's the expert. Outstanding student loans now total $1.5 trillion, second only to mortgage debt. Dan, how do you advise your clients to handle college funding for their kids to hopefully avoid being a part of that crisis? Yeah, you know, I really can empathize with people because, you know, as parents, we want to give our children, you know, the very best. But, you know, we have to sometimes be realistic about what we can and can't afford, you know, and it is really horrible to see so many people burdened with, you know, so much financial debt. So, you know, I would encourage people, you know, to see, first of all, there's scholarships available. And sometimes it's kind of shocking, but, you know, I know in our, in our area here that, there are some private colleges that have very large endowments, and if you qualify, you can actually go to this very nice private school for cheaper than you can go to Ohio State. Uh, but there's also other things you can even do to lower the the costs. You know, what about going to a community college for two years? They have pathway programs that are going to help. You know, you complete two years at the community college, and then on you go, and you transfer in as a junior. And of course, as parents, you know, start saving early. 
if that's one of the goals and determine, you know, how much you're willing to put to help your children. And I try to really encourage parents. I totally understand. It can be so empathetic how they want to sacrifice for their children to go through, to go to college and they end up maybe taking on more debt than the parents can. A lot of, a lot of this debt is not just the kids, it's the parents debt as well. So be careful, have a plan and be realistic, be realistic. And quite honestly, sometimes people that don't go to the big name schools, they do quite well. They do quite well with their lives as well. Certainly all about thinking what you want to accomplish in school and where you need to go to make that happen. Certainly, certainly have a plan. We encourage you to have a plan as you're sending your son or daughter into school. Or, hey, if you're at that age now and you're listening to this podcast, we want you to be savvy. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Dan, that sound means it's time for Mind Over Money, always one of my personal favorites as we dive into the particulars of behavioral investing and the psychology of investing. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't even pronounce what you you told me before the show, what you're going to talk about before we started taping, and I honestly couldn't even pronounce it. All I heard was Freddy (laughs) Cougar, who I believe is the movie villain from a Halloween film. (laughs) Well, it's not that, but you are close. It is the name of two researchers. uh, Dunning. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger, that's it. Yeah, it's it's, it's just two researchers, their last names, but um, it's really interesting. It's And we all all experience this, every one of us, in all aspects of our life, but it's Sometimes, you know, have you ever thought that you're just a little bit more insightful than you really are? You really thought you had this person figured out and then you go, oh my gosh, I didn't have that person figured out like I thought I did. And so what happens in the financial planning world is that sometimes we just can't see or we're not willing to acknowledge or we're unconscious of our limitations. And, you know, I love this little quote they have. They said, you know, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I kind of like that, what they're known for saying. And it's it's basically about being overconfident. And it's like, you know, I know what the market's going to do. I mean, and it can represent itself in, in two different ways. I've actually had this happen the last couple of weeks. I thought, oh my gosh, this is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Someone called me and said, hey, what's my account value? Because, you, you know, December was a really tough month and has my account, you know, recovered and, you know, and it recovered back to where it was before the December downturn. He said, good, liquidate everything because the market's going to crash. And, and, you know, that's what he thought was going to happen. Well, of course, that's not what's happened. We've had, I think, since uh, since January, we're up to what the S&P is up 10 or 11 percent. But he was just absolutely confident he knew what was going to happen. You can also see that with, you know, people like in the cryptocurrency world. You know, they know what it's going to do. They're overconfident. And they blinded themselves. So, you know, take a moment, take a breath, step back, you know, breathe, maybe acknowledge, I don't know everything. (laughs) Slow down, slow down. And, you know, when you find yourself absolutely convinced of something, you know, and someone saying, buy, buy, sell, sell, they're taking something so complicated and reducing it to some simple, you know, basal, you know, almost visceral reaction, think, oh my gosh, you know, am I experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect? And if I am, stop. (laughs) I believe Solomon had a lot to say about the heart of wisdom (laughs) and the old adage, pride goeth before the fall and the importance of living humbly. Yeah, just, you know, none of us knows everything. Be open, listen, ask good questions, and and, and make a very good decision. Don't make it out of fear or out of overconfidence. Well, thanks as always for sharing, Dan. And before we let you go, we have to get to know you a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. Dan, we have a pretty straightforward question, but I know you enjoy music, so maybe this will be a tough one for you this week. What's the best live musical performance you've ever been to? 
Well, it could be difficult, but probably for me, it's probably the last one you know that I've seen. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I cannot believe, I still cannot believe that my wife did this for me. You know, Hamilton was coming to town. And, and I don't know if you know, I mean, Hamilton tickets, oh my gosh, they're crazy. Who can get a Hamilton ticket? You know, and they were coming to town. And, and you know, I've been, I've been singing, walking around the house, singing the music from Hamilton for, I don't know, a year or so. I keep talking about it, keep talking about it. And she said, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? It was two, I think two weeks ago. I said, I don't know, I'll probably be at work. And she says, no, you're coming downtown. We're going to see Hamilton. And uh, I mean, what? First of all, you know, it's about the founding of our country and all these very noble ideas that all of us of Americans, you know, can just, you know, get all <laughs> all excited about. But it's told in such an amazing musical, artistic way. And even though I'd listened to the music, I knew all the music, but to actually see the music being performed in front of me was pretty amazing. So yeah, that's simple. It's Hamilton. Now, if you, if you ask me a couple months and I see another musical or another <laughs> another concert, I'll probably say that one. Oh, um, it's wonderful. It truly is. It was fantastic, you know, and, but, you know, I, I also remember, uh, my wife does this a lot for me. I remember when I passed the bar exam, she got Chicago tickets. You might be too young to know Chicago. Oh, no, but, no, no, uh, no. But I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to see Chicago. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I actually went to see Hamilton back in November. Oh, wow. <laughs> and unfortunately, the woman sitting in the row behind us talk about pride right we just talked about that <laughs> she thought she knew the show better than the actors and actresses did and so she was predicting each line before they'd say it and she <laughs> oh, sung no. along it was uh it was a painful process to be a yeah. part of but phenomenal show truly phenomenal. oh my gosh yeah well dan as always thank you for joining us on the podcast again if you'd like to reach out to dan and his team at betzel wealth advisors you can go online to betzelwealthadvisors.com that's betzelwealthadvisors.com there's new podcasts there of course we'll be doing many more of these there's other resources that you can get to learn more about retirement what it takes to have a sound retirement and you can even access his retirement rescue toolkit there online a great resource or you can reach out, simply pick up the phone, call the office, and ask to speak with Dan. It's 614-472-4510. That's the phone number, 614-472-4510. Dan, as always, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan with Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.